Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So my personal mission, which we have, is to redeem work. And I think the word has gotten a bad rap. I think the place needs some help. And then there is the effort itself. The physics of it need to be respected. But I'm of the opinion that work allows us paid, it's paid practice if we do that. And I think if everyone is fortunate as I was to have that mentor that said, hey, man, if you look at going to work as a place to practice your effectiveness, not efficiency, your effectiveness at your job so you can be a better human in all the rest of the place. I think, yeah, it'd be, yeah, it it would beat working is what I say. It beats working. So yeah. This can't be it. There has to be more. Wait, am I crazy? No. If you're yearning for more and working hard to make your dreams a reality, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Dreamcatchers. It's the only show committed to helping you self-actualize and then transcend, leaving you with the legacy you've always desired. Listen in on conversations with successful philanthropists, entrepreneurs, and founders every week as we connect with them for inspiration, education, and direction. Your host, Jerome Myers, is here to help you exit the matrix and transform into a leader of your own revolution. The question is, do you believe your dreams should be real? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, Chief Inspiration Officer at Dreamcatchers. And I've got Dan Rogers in with me today. He's out in Washington. Is it raining there today? Doesn't it rain there every day? Uh, you know, it doesn't rain every today, every day, but it did. It is raining. It was raining an hour ago for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so yeah, yeah. It, it's funny how the world works, right? Justin Breen introduced us to people and then we were spending time with those people and we end up here yeah, on this beautiful day. And so I, I heard Dan on Anthony Trucks' podcast and I said, Dan, are you going to come on my show at some point, one day, possibly? And here he is. And you guys, when we get into this conversation, you understand why it was important for me to get Dan on the show. So Dan, welcome in, man. Thanks for making some time for us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. And it, it's uh, it's my privilege to be able to roll with guys like you and Anthony. I mean, those are I, I, two extraordinary human beings. So yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's my it's my pleasure. So the listeners, we do things a little unconventional. They're going to love what you have to say. What's the way that they can get in contact with you after they go on this journey with us today? Uh, they can just reach out on LinkedIn, Dan, Dan T. Rogers, and they'll, they'll, they'll find me. And um, if they message me there or whatever, we'll, yeah, I'd love to talk to anybody. I reserve the right to learn more than them. That's all. 
<laughs> You'll find out through this conversation that Dan is a very humble man, but he's got a tremendous skill set. And so, Dan, you know, I like to always go back to kind of the inception story, man. You are what I would describe as a renegade, right? So let's talk about your journey over, let's call it the past 20 years. Like, mm-hmm. did you have a job? Did, how'd you get out here and start doing yeah. your own thing? Because you are somebody who I truly believe has exited the matrix. Yeah, no, I am. Um, so uh, to keep it reasonably succinct, I am. Um, I. Uh, in 1994, uh, I had a life that afforded me more money than I could spend. Now, I could have spent it in a weekend, but my wants were so small and my life was so small that I just had a positive balance, right? Um, and But I, I'd never been more miserable in my life. And so in that moment, it became crystal clear that all the stuff that I was chasing wasn't going to answer what I wanted it to answer. And by the grace of the universe or what I would refer to the boss, um, I got put in touch with some people. I got became made some major life changes and did a whole bunch of other things. And this put me on a path that put me in touch with some basic principles that as I attempt to continue to this day to apply those in my life, they just provide total complete magic. Like that's that's really what happened. And I went from having more money than I can spend again, could have spent it in a weekend, but it was more than I could spend to working for six bucks an hour, rolling burritos, happier than I'd ever been in my entire life. And nothing had changed. In fact, I had less money, obviously, but, but, I was, but I was so incredibly happy. And I said to a mentor at the time, I just said, I can't believe that I'm getting paid to practice these principles that you're telling me are going to save my life. And he said, Dan, if you, if you continue to hold that mindset, you'll never work another day in your life. And what I, what, what I, what I say is, is like, look, I, I've worked more than I want a cop to. Right? I'd like to say that I never worked another day that I held that mindset, but I've been paid for a hell of a lot more than I've worked based on that. And that's, that, that put me on a path that put us uh, here. Yeah, that's, that's what really did it. Yeah. So. All right. They're, they're asking, I'm asking, mm. what are these principles? It sounds like Mr. Miyagi and Daniel's yeah. son, right? <laughs> wax on, wax off. Yeah. Roll totally. the burrito. Don't roll the burrito. Yeah. Talk to me, man. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. So um, essentially, uh, so I, I am a, a proud member, uh, a, a proud, but humble member of a, an anonymous fellowship uh, uh, uh and the, those principles, the, the core principle there was that I'm not the center of the universe. Um, if there is a center of the universe, it's best to align to it. And so the, the primary principle was uh, stop acting like you're in charge, play your proper role and align up. And uh, as I attempted to just, uh, as, as, as I continued to sort of try to attempt to align up instead of getting people to line up behind you, right? Line up, uh, a lineup, and um, that—that's really the core principle. Is um, I'm trying to, as best I can, work on my inner alignment, and then uh, external alignment with the rest of the universe as best I can. And that's—that's that's really what the principles are. It's just staying as close to that as I can. And obviously, that's a second to second deal, man. Like it's not, you know, if 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 it ever gets fully lined up, it's <laughs> it's gone the second you realize it is. But 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 that journey is is the fun part. So it sounds like it's about submission, but what are you submitting to? I know you're mm-hmm. going to say the boss, but yeah. how do you know if you're in submission mm-hmm. to the boss? 
Yeah. So, so here's, I, I, I like submission. I like surrender. Um, uh, look, I, I think um, those are accurate words and I've used, I, I didn't use submission a lot, but I'll probably use it going later, uh, going forward, but I've used surrender a lot. To me, it's also just the acceptance of the truth. Like, I mean, it, when I first, I was 24, when I first really started trying to do all this stuff, but, um, but, but at 24, I had, had a little bit more juice and a little bit more, a little bit more, uh, 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 physical power. Right. But, but the reality is, is that like the universe is significantly larger than me. Like it just, it's, it, it's not, it's not even, it's, it's, it's a joke that I think I can outrun reality. Like it, it's so when we talk about surrender, I'd have, and I, and I, I'll deal with this later, maybe in this conversation. So I, again, I speak from this dead center of the mud puddle on this, but, but the idea that I'm surrendering something is actually the lie itself. If I ever really had control, Jerome, and we know each other a little bit, and I like you more than a lot of other people, man, I'd give you a day off or a half day off, but not many. Like if I ever had it, right? I tell myself I have it. I act like I had it. But if I ever had it, why would you give it up? It's the illusion, the delusion that I'm in control, that I'm, re- that I'm surrendering, right? It's actually accepting reality. Hey, man. On every continuum, time, matter. I mean, like, we're just not even specs, man. <laughs> right? So it's like surrender. But I'm right there with you because you spent time with me to know that, like, I've got a very healthy ego <laughs> and delusions of grandeur and all that other stuff. Right. But, but it's just, that's just, it's laughable, man. It's laughable. We're not surrendering. We're actually just accepting what reality is. Yeah. But I think what you would describe your, pre-burrito days as is you trying to impose your will on the environment and those things within the environment which for a lot of us means that it's control so yeah where where do we this is going to be great here we go guys buckle up ladies and gentlemen because this is about to go all right so where is it that we actually get this clarity that we're not in control because we're trying to impose our will on other things or we're imposing our will. At least we think we are. Yeah. And, and I have, I have to say this for my ego. Like there, there are, uh, there are coworkers on the other side of the wall and there are people in my life that will tell you that I am still trying to impose my will. Like, there's no question. Man. Right. But at my best, at my best, I have found that the three most powerful words that I personally possess are, I don't know. There's possibility and I don't know. And so I've got a couple of different things that I'll do to try to sort of cleanse sort of just the knowingness, sort of the certainty and really more just aligning with the certainty of this is my belief. No one has to sign up for it. Like, I, I think that I'd like to think of it as a system. I think it's a ridiculously perfect closed system. And that if I just want to align to that, that it's already all provided for everything I could possibly think of has already been accounted for. It's already been factored in. I may or may not agree with it, but it's already been, it's already been accounted for. Right. And so to me, it's really more the, 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 the letting go of certainty or knowledge or, or of that stuff. And, and then from that, you know, slightly less, you know, cluttered slate, then it can be like, I think there's two lists and there's one very long list and that's the boss's list. And then there's a short list that I still procrastinate on, which is Dan's list. And I wouldn't say that I can control it, but they're the things that I'm sort of responsible for. And there's some things that I can have an impact on. Right. 
And I think, you know, like when we talk about like personal power, you know, physical power or whatever, like I have some, but not enough to cover the full check. Right. You know, so like I could move a couple chips around on the board, but not enough to get them all lined up. And even if I can, I can't keep them lined up. Right. So that's, it's just sort of that, but, but I, I'm, I'm also a big fan of mistakes at full speed. Right. And full speed isn't as fast as we can go. It's the proper speed based on where we're at. And then regular, I mean, I try to do a daily review, then then a review of, okay, how'd we do? Oh, wow. Got some stuff to either go fix or like, let's not do that anymore. But otherwise, it's just analysis by paralysis. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But but when in doubt, there's it's just like, where can I be helpful? And there's always somebody to help. And that's a that my experience has been it's a miracle when I act on it, but it's still my experience is that just sort of asking where can I be helpful or what can I do uh, to be helpful? That is, I cannot think of a time where that wasn't more constructive and positive than what other great idea I had. And you and I are not dumb guys. There's a lot of really bright, capable people out there. It's not that our ideas are bad. Some of them are good. It's just in that moment, the system might need you to do something else <laughs> than act on your silly little idea, Dan. Like that that's that's been my experience. Yeah. But it's a it's a second to second deal. And 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 uh you know, hopefully somewhere along the way when I'm when I'm trying to impose my wills and I'm uh, living under that delusion of control, I sort of wake up and go, wow, I'm creating a lot of chaos here. Maybe it's time to back up and see about how we can how we can be useful instead of forceful. Yeah. Useful instead of forceful. Whoa, that's that's a beautiful concept. So you said I'm creating a lot of chaos. Maybe I need to back up. Mm-hmm. Is chaos is us creating chaos always a negative thing? Uh, well, what I would say is uh, it, the uh, I, I'm a, my opinion is the boss uses all the all uses all the game pieces, the box, the wrapper, the table. Like it's all it's all in play. So chaos has to be part of the plan. But but um, uh, so it's sort of been accounted for. Um, uh, you know. There's a lot there, there's a lot of different tools in the tool chest, and I'm probably a little bit more of a disruptive tool for the boss than some, for sure. But 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 I think the difference is is have I left any room to be directed, or am I acting on my own certainty? And it's all been accounted for. I'm not big on good or bad. I'm you know it's beyond my pay grade to figure that out. But I feel cleaner, and there's less for me to go fix. When the when the chaos that's being created is directed, <laughs> then when I'm when it's when it's all Dan driven, there's 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 some cleanup that's required after you know cleanup in aisle nine is required after that one, right? So it's uh, yeah, breaking yeah. things, Tasmanian devil, devil uh, bull in the uh, China shop. Yeah, pushing is what I do. Like I mean, the universe is a pull system. I believe that, and it's just me pushing. Like that's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're 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 dropping in these little I, I don't even know what to call them. I, maybe I call them quotes. I'm not sure. But mm. you said leaving room for direction mm-hmm. versus acting out of your own certainty. Mm-hmm. Most people don't want to do anything until they're certain. And you're saying that there is action to be had in the unknowing. Mm-hmm. Give me more, Dan. Yeah, yeah. You tried to skip over that. You just kind of sprinkled it in and moved on. Yeah, this yeah. is a whole meal right here by itself. 
Yeah. So, so uh, again, this is just based on me constructively reviewing my own stuff, right? Um, look, there, there, and there are people that are that that show up better. That, that their best when they show up at their best self, they, it, it expresses themselves widely different than when I show up at my best self. So, for me, when I'm showing up at my best self, um, the certainty is only enough just to get the ball rolling. Um, what what will what will be you know, call it inspired or directed after that is significantly better than my ideas. And it's not that my ideas suck. Some of them are fantastic, quite frankly, but like what actually gets produced when we leave ourselves open for the rest of what comes is way better. And, and I, um, for me personally, the only time that, I mean, within reason, I mean, there's times like when it's, it's actually really required because, you know, there's some technical thing or, you know, maybe there's safety issues or something like that. But if we're just talking about just sort of moving through time and space in life, the only time I want certainty is when I know what I want to do and I just don't want to do it. Like, I mean, and I try to keep things super simple, right? So like, I, I, I don't even really like driving. I'm, I'm semi-decent at it for as long as I'm doing it. I'm probably considered a bad driver. I mean, I'm not reckless and stuff, but I don't really much care for it, but I want to move around. I can't stand putting gas in my car. You know what I mean? It's a complete pain in my ass. It's never convenient, all that stuff. But, but, and I don't, I'm not a mechanical guy, so I don't understand how a car works. Right. Like, but, but, but when I show up with my car needing to be fixed, they don't ask me what's wrong with it. Or if they do, it's just to amuse me, right? They understand that part, right? I don't need any certainty around like cars or mechanics because I just want the benefit, right? The benefit is so overwhelming. I don't need any certainty, right? And I, that, that, is, that, is, that is my experience with most things for my, my life. If I'm, there's one thing to want deeper understanding, right? But when I personally am looking for certainty, it's usually because I don't want to do what I already know I'm supposed to do. And I'm using it as an excuse to, you know, it's like the boss is like, hey, man, we need you over in the field lumping some rocks. And I'm like, well, I think I better figure out exactly what size rock it needs to be. And you know, it's like, come on, just, just go move some rocks, man. Like, let's get real. So that, that's my experience with certainty most of the time, most of the time. I want to be respectful of, you know, if you're on a, if you're on a tall building or something like certainty is good, but, but my, you know, my life is not filled with that level of peril most of the time. Right. It's usually, yeah, it's, it's usually not quite so treacherous. You, you're, you're making light of something that is really heavy and I, I like your delivery because it's not forceful, but I'm going to be very forceful in the next statement because I don't want people to miss this. You're using uncertainty as an excuse not to do what you know you're supposed to. You're waiting for another piece of information when you know enough to begin and Mm -hmm. to accept the fact that more will be revealed to you on that journey than Mm -hmm. what you could ever have before you make the decision to go on that trip. Mm Mm-hmm. You are sitting there not taking action because you're looking for the reason why you shouldn't do it. You're looking for your way out mm-hmm. and you're just waiting for it to appear, even though you're being beckoned to come do the task. Mm-hmm. So don't let Dan's delivery miss the real point because this right here 
will change your life. I, I, I can still see multiple decisions that I made when I didn't have all the data, but I knew it was a place that I was supposed to go. And I found treasure greater than anything that I would have had had I stayed in that place. Mm-hmm. And so even if the conditions don't look like they're totally conducive, and then you got to back me up here, you still have to go. Mm-hmm. I, I see that storm on the wall there beside you, the mm-hmm. lightning strike. Yeah. And I imagine there's some depth to that. So if you would, let's talk about that image there. It's got to have some significance if it's hanging in your space. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll throw one other thing on what you just said too. So, I mean, that's that's why I embrace the mistakes at full speed. I mean, my, my that same guy that told me I'd never work another day again, he, he dropped a lot of wisdom on me. Uh, 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 he's like, he was like, if you saw the movie Kill Bill, like he he would just like pull out the Kill Bill sword and just, and the cuts were so clean, man, they were so clean on my ego. He's just like cut it in half. He's like, Dan inaction is an action. It's just grossly ineffective. <laughs> and that's, you know, so it was like mistakes at full speed. Right. So uh, again, take that for what it is, but um, yeah, no, I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I, I it, it, it's easy to, it's easy to, to not want to do things or to be afraid or whatever, but, but it, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather be trying to fix a mistake that I made than miss the opportunity to be helpful at this point. But the, the image is, is the, the lightning. Um, and I don't know, man, I, I definitely don't, I, I, I'm, I, I've been told too many times. So I've just sort of come to accept. That I don't like think about things uh, the way a lot of people do, but um, like, I don't think that lightning is mysterious, right. You know, like where it strikes is mysterious, but like the environment that creates it is actually predictable. Like, I've been in Seattle since 83 and recently we started having lightning and thunder. We'd never had it before, but we have it now, but they always predicted ahead of time. And so one of the things that I realized in my working career was, is I started capturing sort of like what the environment was for electric for, for success. And so I've got that, you know, the copy off the smartest kid in class. I was just like stockpiling, like all, what are the, what are the, what are the attributes that make for a lightning rich environment? And, and then just, you know, writing them down and capturing them all that. And that's, that's what that one is. It's just a reminder. It's like, look, man, it ain't mysterious <laughs> where it's going to hit is the boss's job, but like, it will not be a surprise when the lightning flashes. I mean, I'm fortunate. I, I got a lot of friends and they'll, we'll be talking about where they're at. And I'm like, look, we know how this is going to play. We, the details will be fascinating and mind blowing, but like, we're not going to be surprised when, when the boss hits a dead on bullseye on this, we know that's what's coming. <laughs> we just, we just don't know where it is. Right. And then invariably, you know, two months later, next week, whatever, you know, they'll be telling me, I'm like, yeah, this is big surprise. Another lightning strike, another, another dead on bullseye. Right. But, but, but so, you know, you're the process guy, right? I mean, this is, Pattern recognition is so mm-hmm. important when you're a senior leader in an organization. And so mm-hmm. you've helped people out with sales. You are. You, can we tell the rest of the burrito story? Like, how did that end? Because you didn't roll burritos <laughs> for six dollars an hour forever. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, uh, I, I would borrow money to do that job. Now, I used to say I'd do it for free. I'd now borrow money to do that job. Um, uh, I started, we had three, three stores and like 11 employees, three of them were owners. And we didn't even have recipes because as a standardized process and a systems guy, if, if when, when 
Wendy makes the burrito. She uses one spoon for the, the, the beef. And when Johnny makes the burrito, he uses a, a, a tongs. Like you don't, if you don't have a set portion, you don't have recipes. So I standardize the entire experience, all of it, like not first, just the food, then the setup of the stores and all that. And by the time a couple, two and a half years later, we had opened 60 stores and onboarded seven franchise groups and central commissaries and all that. I was just the process guy that like took the crazy idea and then made it so we could replicate it. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm a systems guy more than anything else. And, uh, by the grace of the universe, they didn't, uh, I, I asked what was in it for me. Eventually I said, I trust you guys. I wouldn't have done this if I didn't trust you, but like at some point I just got to, you know, like what's in it for me. And at the time I didn't really understand it. I, I loved them and respected them, but I didn't understand why they couldn't tell me. And then after running a couple of businesses, I got why they're like, we have no idea, man. We have no idea what's coming tomorrow. Um, but, uh, I had been a furniture mover prior to that. And the moving company reached out and wanted to get me into sales. So I, I chased it. Uh, I, I went into, into sales, really just chasing unlimited commission. Uh, uh, and I, I never really figured out how to sell anything. Um, I was incredibly knowledgeable about what it took to move stuff around. Cause I had done the job. Um, but what I did is I would just help people figure out what they were trying to accomplish and how they could do it. And most of the time I would refer them to the right company that wasn't us. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then eventually bought that company, turned it into point to point. And then we've been, we've been working on that one for about, uh, well, 20 years now. And just, we finally, right before COVID, we got it to the best version of right we ever had after, you know, hundreds of dozens of prototypes of just sort of tweaking it where it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty efficient system. It's not really, I don't know that it's a great business, but it's a damn good system. <laughs> I mean, I say business only because businesses are set up differently than how we set up our company. It's all, it's all set up around the stuff that we've been talking about. Doing stuff for fun and for free, no strings attached to being so good that people demand to pay you like stuff like that. And that's not, that's not business. That's, that's systems and having fun. So that's, that's what we did at point to point. A lot of people want to unlock their ultimate potential, but lack the strategy, support and stamina necessary to achieve their major goals. They often try to overcome these challenges by trying to do it on their own, causing frustration, fatigue, and eventually failure. We have developed a model for a center life, aka the red pill, to help them bolster their beliefs, gain clarity on their path to success, and provide accountability as they take action on their goals. When they take the red pill, they rapidly accelerate attainment of their goals and begin to experience a life of significance and impact. Want to find out more? Hop over to JeromeMyers.co. Now, let's get back to the episode. Whoa. Wait, 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 wait. I need to drop the bomb. <laughs> right? You said doing stuff for free and people demanding to pay you. Where, where does that exist? How, tell me about the environment mm-hmm. where that actually happens. Because... I think there are people out there trying to figure out how to get paid to be helpful to other people. Yeah, let it's alone. backwards. I did it too, man. It's backwards. You help them first and then they pay you. Yeah. Or they don't. Someone pays you. you don't worry about it. Boss figures it out. Boss does the math. Yeah. So, so I, I can, if I can stay on point, I, I can tell the story linearly and it will sort of make sense. I'm, all of it was just a work in process trying to report up, right? Just a line up is how all this worked. But, um, when I first got into sales, not to talk nonsense, it, it was what happened. I had 
a massive amount of success and fairly passionate dude. I was super credible because I knew how to drive the truck and load all the stuff. And that success actually taught me that I needed to really figure out how to sell because we ended up closing a bunch of customers that didn't want what we had. And I had phenomenal customer service people. These, these were phenomenal people and they'd get mad at our customers and they're good people. And so I, it took me a little bit, but we figured out, it was like, oh, we've let the wrong people in. And so at that point, I, w- I, I don't know what I was doing prior to that. I was just like out talking to people. But at that point, I got really systematic and it became an interview process to find out, to see if they sort of qualified to be our customer. I didn't talk to anybody that I knew I couldn't help. I mean, we were, we were a specialized transportation company. They had big, fragile, gentle you know, stuff. I mean, we could help them. And so how we helped most of them was either, hey, this is how you should design your system internally, and these are the people that you should work with that aren't us. Uh, Every once in a blue moon, we found somebody that actually really needed and wanted what we did, which was wildly different than what they wanted. You know, most people wanted. Most people just wanted somebody to, you know, follow directions. Like what we were going to do and what we did at point to point was we'll design systems to fix all that stuff and to make it actually substantially better. Right. Um, so, so in that process of trying to evaluate if they could be customers, you end up being really helpful to people because you just sort of, I mean, you call it free consulting, call it the consultational approach, all that, but it's not like that when it's not even remotely driven by finances at all. I mean, I was, I was a salesperson that had commission checks that he couldn't believe anyways. And, and I didn't want to piss off my, I was more concerned about pissing off my customer service people than I was about my commission check. Right. And so then when I bought the company, that's just how we set up the company. Like, all, I mean, again, it was perfect. We made all sorts of mistakes. We're fortunate to survive all the mistakes that we made, but we kept trying to tweak the systems and the processes to say, let's focus on being helpful first and worry about getting paid later. So we end up only working for the people that we're supposed to work for. Right. And when you do that, obviously the people that you, that you just helped, they frequently say nice things about you. And when you're only working for the people that really want what you have, that you can do great work for, they say great things about you too. And consequently, people say, can I be your customer? So we, we had tremendous growth uh, going into COVID. We were on the Inc. 5000 seven years in a row, which is the, you know, I mean, seven years in a row, there's a couple of companies in Washington that have done it, but I mean, it's a pretty decent accomplishment. And we didn't have salespeople and we didn't do marketing. <laughs> and, and, and so that's, but, but the whole idea was let's try to help them first and then we'll figure out if there's something in it for us later. In this one particular space, we're, we're, we, we are experts uh, and if they wanted to, if they wanted to put in the legwork, they could be as smart and as capable as we are, but they have real jobs doing other things. So in this one space, we, we're, we're sort of the experts. So let's, let's advise them and serve them in that way and then that doesn't always lead to they they become a customer though. Like that's just, I mean, that's ridiculously arrogant to think that you're going to come in on a, a, a semi opportunity to be helpful. And it's all going to be stuff that you're really qualified to do. Right. Right. Especially when you have a clear idea of, of what it is that you do. Yeah. yeah. Then they're confused right now. Okay. So you're saying that you would go in and, help people figure out how to solve their problem at no mm-hmm. fee. Yeah. And then 
solve the problem for them, not just give mm-hmm. them a strategy, but potentially solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And then they would say, wait, how much do I owe you? Like, mm-hmm. is that what's happening here? Or yeah. Yeah. there's some part so of I, the process where there's actually an agreement and here's what we're going to do and so on. So, so uh, I, 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 I told this story before, but, um, but, but I'll stick to it because it, I think it made sense last time. And sometimes the stories don't always land, but um, so a long, a, a while ago, way back, way back when, but, but point to point days, uh, uh, a, a large uh, um, uh, video console company uh, was our client and they were doing this uh, rollout of kiosks, you know, retail kiosks. And, and it wasn't going well. And they were working with this very cool agency that does that sort of thing, you know, design creative agency. And, and the console company said to us, go fix this. <laughs> it's broken. Go fix it. And so uh, based on where it was and what was happening or whatever, I, I, I showed up to fix it. And I met with these people and I met with a highfalutin person in the company. And then the person that was in front of the console company, and there's like thousands of dollars of art on the wall and they're super attractive. I mean, like, and I'm the bald freight guy and, and we sit down and I find out, you know, they gave me a tour and I asked what people did there and all that other stuff. And they sort of tell me sort of what their unique offering is, is in terms of what they, how they see themselves. And then, all right. So tell me more about this program that you're doing for these, for the video console or the video game company. And uh, so we figured it out and they're like, all right, so tell me what you're doing. And they were basically doing it right. Right. But they just weren't doing the right things. Right. And, and, and um, in the tour and all that, they explained, you know, all the services they offered. And based on that, there was, it was obvious because they had people on their payroll in their office doing work that our operations at point to point did. And you can't have two operations department. What we could do great for people was for what the work that we could do for people was, Hey, we have all this work that requires all this operations, but we don't want to have core competencies and operations. But this agency, good, bad, right, or wrong, had made the decision that they want to be operationally strong, despite the fact they weren't having great results at the time. So I said to him, I said, look, I, I can train those people <laughs> and I'll have somebody send the email templates and we can tell you how to actually get a far better result because you're, you're, you should be getting better results. But my guess is you're not interacting with the elephant that you're working with, the, the shipping companies that are working with. You're just not interacting with them, right? We'll, we'll teach you how to interact. We'll teach you how to make them look better. And, and so we sent them down, you know, I, I sent them down while I called my you know, called ops on uh, while we were in the meeting. And so it ended and these two people are like, what just happened? And I said, they asked me to come fix it. <laughs> we fixed it. Like that's the fix. And, and, and the guy said to me, he's like, man, what's in it for you? He actually asked me, and this is the first time I ever copped to it in front of a, a real person. I had said the first half a bunch of times. This is the first time I ever said it to, to a, a person outside the company. I said, look, I only had one goal coming here today is I just wanted you to think that we were a credible company and that we could be a credible resource. And on an individual level, I like to think that, that you're, I'm the smartest guy you've ever met in shipping. That's, that's my own goal. Right. Um, uh, right. And, and that was the part that I copped to the first half I had owned a hundred, hundred, we just want to be a credible resource. That's it. Right. And, uh, and the guy's like, well, mission delivered. And I said, yeah, do you trust us? And he's like, yeah. I said, and if you ran into something that this is what you really wanted, who are you going to call? 
He's like, we're going to call you. I said, yeah, that's it. <laughs> How do you loosen that? Right. But otherwise, had we worked with him, right, and or that company, eventually our ops departments are either arguing with each other or trying to justify their existence. It just, I mean, they, they were never going to be our customer. So help them. I'm not, we're not losing any business. It's not our business to have. Right. Right. Yeah, and when you when you do that on a regular basis, and the people around you and your company are doing that on a regular basis, you don't need salespeople, you don't need marketing, you don't need any of that stuff, right? But it's just the right thing to do, right? I mean, I, it's a flaw. My brain just starts geeking out when it's not right. I just want to get it right, like you know, and, and, and frequently we need multiple cracks at it to get it right. But I'm more concerned about getting the system right than I'm whether about getting the check right. Like the check will come if we get the system right. Yeah. Yeah. The check will come if we get the system right. Yeah. Wait, how do you, you're talking about the Inc. 5000 list that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is the fastest growing country. Yeah. Yeah. Seven country. years in a row. Yeah. Seven years in a row. Yeah. No marketing, no salespeople. We had, we but, had a website, <laughs> but we didn't do like, we, there's no traditional sales and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. So How? How, how do you become one of the fastest growing companies in the country based on revenue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With no sales and marketing. I mean, all the marketing guys are going to tell you this is the coup de grace. You're not going to grow if you don't market it and sell. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? So, so this is where I, I think maybe I'm disruptive. Uh, and I, I, I have a hard time saying, I mean, I, I, I can say I'm disruptive because I looked at myself in the mirror and lived my life, but but in this regard, I don't actually think it's disruptive. I think I'm reminding us of universal truth. The reality is, is traditional sales and marketing are based on flawed principles. And let me just, I'll, I'll just walk you through it and you can play along and I'm not going to bend the numbers. I'm not going to trick you, right? But, but, but in marketing, right? Traditional marketing, call the best marketer on the planet. What percentage are they going to tell us is either slightly ineffective to just full-on miss of their activities. What percentage? 98. Yeah. Or, and I've asked a bunch of people this, and it usually hovers around 50 to 70%. So let's oh. just, let's, let's call it 50%. Because I know where I'm going with the numbers. So I don't want to like trick anybody. So let's just say 50. So 50% of those activities, before we start, we know are on the range of slightly ineffective to full miss the target. Okay. Now sales, traditional sales activities, right? What, what would you say are on the spectrum of ineffective to full on annoying? Well, now I'm scared to answer the question because yeah. there's a 2% conversion ratio. I yeah. mean, that's the, yeah, the standard. It, yeah. So I think the sort of, I, I don't, I don't, uh, there's been billions of dollars spent on sales. So there probably is real research, but, but certainly the folklore is if you make a hundred calls, you'll get 10 meetings to get one appointment, you know, to get one contract. So let's just say it's 80%, right? 80% is somewhere on that continuum of ineffective to annoying. Where in the universe, Jerome, I know just enough about what you do to be dangerous. So I'm not going to try to go there. But if I came to you and said, hey, Jerome, I've got this idea. What we're going to do is you're going to pay me to take activities that we know before we start half of them are full miss to ineffective. And then from that subset, the results of that, then we're going to take actions that we know 
80% of the time are going to be ineffective and some percent are going to piss the community that we serve off. That's sales and marketing, brother. I don't know why we do it. <laughs> I don't know why we do it because we've always done it. That's I can't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm not going to pay people to go piss people off that we want to work with. It's bad business. This is how ass backwards it is. What part of that was crazy other than, uh, other than the guy who said it? Like, right? It's crazy that we do sales and marketing. It's absolutely, totally bonkers that we do sales and marketing. All right, Dan. This is right. what we, this, sales sidekick is a COVID baby. I joke about it, but it is. So what did I do? COVID hits, we're specialized. We do all these events, 10,000 events on five continents, you know, a, a year uh, pre-COVID, right? So COVID hits, everything stops. What do I do? I, I know all these business owners. I call all these business owners because the event industry said, hey, man, you just know how to move things and nothing's moving. So you can't help us. That was incredibly humbling, but I'm so glad they didn't take my, uh, they didn't ask me to help. I, I call the business owners. I said, look, my problems are horrific, but they're simple. And, and I've thrown up in the garbage can and I've acted on them. And now I have nothing to do. I just have to wait. Your problems are complex and they'll change before, before the sentence ends. Like, can I be helpful? And I went and helped uh, as people that would let me help them. And then I got to a place where a guy literally said, dude, I have to pay you to do this. You have to come talk to our people. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then we built a company around it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you go talk about? Well, with those people, I mean, they're all people that I knew. I didn't just start cold calling people. I, I mean, people were, we were all, you know, talking because of COVID and everything else. And, and so I said, look, I just want to be, I want to stay in the game. I, I want to be helpful. You get what you pay for, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to charge you anything. If, if we get, if we get to a place where we know that we're going to actually, like we've created real value, I know you and I trust you and I'm, I'm not worried about it. Uh, and I'll definitely learn in the process. And, and what happened through all those conversations is eventually it would get to quote unquote sales and marketing because somewhere along the way they would hear, they didn't know. I mean, they knew me and they knew that the company had been successful, but they didn't know that we didn't have salespeople. They didn't know they, like they, they're like, whoa, like, Hey man, you might think you're a systems guy, but that sales and marketing shit like that, that is super interesting. So um, what we're trying to do with sales sidekick is, is bring these sort of principles to bear. Right. And you got to call it sales sidekick because that's what they think it is. But it's it's probably closer to, you know, maybe redesigning business in a different way a little bit. So. All right. I, I need my sales sidekick consultation, Dan. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I, I got my idea. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to grow it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be helpful to people so they'll pay me, but I'm not having any success. It's like they're mm -hmm. running away from me. Mm -hmm. what, what do you do? You come in, help me. Yeah. So, so uh, primarily what we've uh, done, I mean, I, as an individual, I'll talk to anybody <laughs> that's dumb enough to, to talk to me, but, but, um, but uh, sidekick is, is um, focusing on companies around million dollar level. We help bigger companies and there's way too much disruption and they can fall back on sales. So million is they've sort of gotten sort of over the first hump, but they can't grow. Um, but what I would tell anybody uh, uh, you know, um, is, uh, if you've, if you've been, um, serious and taken work seriously for five to 10 years, 
if we sat down and sort of reviewed, I don't care what it is. Like I really honestly don't care. But if you, if you showed up and sort of gave your best effort 70% of the time for five to 10 years, I am confident that there are, you have knowledge that will help other people compress time. And once we figure out what that is, then we need to go find a community that finds that valuable and we just go give it away and we just go give it away. And, 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 and as we're giving it away, we find out as much as we can about those people to really understand that community. And as we start to do that, it will become apparent what the real business is to monetize. Right. Right. So the, the stuff that we give away for free, like I did, gave the business consulting away for free or whatever, like that, 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 that all that was, is it got me in conversation. So the marketplace could inform me what was actually valuable to them. Again, it's not starting off with the idea. Like, I mean, I, it's like, it's like, you're trying to, I, I'm not going to try to predict God's will, man. Like the <laughs> it's just bad. It's bad. It's a bad idea. Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, it's like roulette is like uh, roulette is, is great odds compared to that. So it's like, get out there, serve, be helpful and then see. And then because I'm a systems guy, um, and because I, I, I'm a student of the, the laws of systems, there's usually stuff that is fairly mismanaged on some level because uh, a lot of our principles, I mean, sales and marketing is in direct violation with systems. Um, you can usually find some things that are like, whoa, this, this probably could get fixed. <laughs> right. Right. So, but, but, but the conversation is one where they're asking you to have it. They're opting in because you can be helpful to them first. And, so, and, uh, wait, I see what you're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this guy is good. All right. So literally you're, you're being generous from the standpoint of, Hey, I want to help you. Mm-hmm. Then you're getting in, you're finding the challenges that they're trying to overcome. You co- kind of codify the solution for that. And then you turn that into an offer based on what you were So it's no different than maybe doing a focus group or something of the like. Is that close to the overall concept? uh, Here's maybe it's probably closer to that than not. But what I would say is, is that um, what, what I tried to do as, I mean, I named the company point to point because I just wanted to make connections, right? Like that's, that's what fills me up. Like just connecting people, getting people closer to where they want to go. Um, so you're just doing that 360 times. I mean, you're just doing it 360. Right? You're just doing it all the time. But as you start to see the patterns of, wow, every person that has this role has the same problem because the the larger system inside of it is just backwards, right? That Then what I would do is, and I'm not opposed to focus groups. The, the process is, is then you, 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 know, you have a champion because you've been helpful to them. And then you say, look, uh, you present the solution to them and, and then, and then you still do it for free, but you do it. I mean, i I was primarily B2B or almost exclusively B2B. So I always think of doing things like inside of corporations or whatever, but, but, um, and then they become the test. Right. And, and what's awesome about that, Jerome, um, because this happened, it was cool when it happened to me, it was fantastic when it happened to other people in our company, when I would talk, I mean, cause they'd heard me talk about it, but when you feel this the first time you become a real sidekick. 
So if you're doing that, you'll there will there will just be messes everywhere that you can fix. But you have to let the marketplace inform you as to the ones that they're actually willing to sort of pay the price on. And when you do, when you're not charging for it, and somebody has to put their own sort of internal credibility on it, that's when you find out if it's really a pain point and if it really moves the needle. Because they might actually be able to get $10 to pay you to fix it. But if you're like, no, 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 uh, we're not going to charge for it. You're going to help me champion this internally, right? It's a whole different animal. Like it's just a great test to say, is it really that big of a pain, right? Yeah. Whoa. So, so because so, here's what happens, right? Is especially with my crazy ass brain, is there's all sorts of shit that can be fixed. But when you get that, you find out all the ideas that are good, but not worthy of the marketplace. And when, I won't use her name, but when a woman who I was fortunate to work with for about five years, she was great at this stuff. The first time she sort of got slapped by the market, it was so great. It was so great because I was like, yes, because I want to see how she would respond. Like a real sidekick goes back and serves them anyways. Superheroes are like, F you, right? Because they're, they're, they're invested in, it's like, no, like my, like if I want to help you, I don't care. Like you get to decide how you get the help, Right. Yeah. And so I thought, because I wasn't really sure, was she a superhero? Was she a sidekick? And it was super cool how she responded and how she responded as she went back to work. Right. Because there's people that do the superhero stuff because they just want to be a superhero. Right. And look, like, oh, oh, right. And so that's why it's for fun and for free, no strings attached. I mean, a gift, it's a 100% true story. We've mentioned, we were talking about Seahawks before we got on live. <laughs> One of my friends I love, I'm sort of drawn to cartoon characters. Um, uh, he's a great guy, but he, he sort of fades in and out, you know? Um, so I, I had Seahawk tickets for, for season tickets. They were really great seats. They were fairly expensive and I gave him the tickets. Right. <laughs> and like six weeks later, we're talking and he's riffing. And then he tells me that like he sold these Seahawks. He had forgotten I'd given the Seahawk tickets. He's sort of bragging to me that he sold the Seahawk tickets. <laughs> For, for, you know, I mean, he didn't pay anything for him. So, but like he sold him for more than even what I paid for him. And uh, I, I laughed when I watched his face do the math five seconds later that he realized that I had given him the tickets, but I love the guy. And you know what? It's a gift. You do whatever you want with the gift, man. It's not mine anymore. I gave it to you. Like that's the difference. And we give so few gifts. And I learned that because I had somebody break it down for me that almost everything I was doing had strings on it. And if I'm not careful, I put strings on stuff now. It's, it's not transactional. It's just give, 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 give. And that for fun and for free, no strings attached. Like that used to stop everyone short. We'd <laughs> somebody joined the team, point to point team. They'd be like, yeah, I just got one question um, for fun and for free, no strings attached. I'm like, yep. And like, yeah, for fun and for free, no strings attached. You can't, you can't serve otherwise. You just can't. You can be helpful. You can be, you can, you can do a lot of good stuff, but, but you can't serve if you put strings on it. Yeah. For fun and for free, no strings attached, ink 5,000, seven years in a row. Yeah. Come on. 
So I don't need to pay the social media marketing guru. I, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to, I just, there's another way. I'm not going to say that stuff isn't effective. Or I, I question its effectiveness. Um, uh, overall, we've got clear data that it's not as effective as most yeah, of the leaders. I, 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 I just don't want to, I don't want to throw that out there. I, I, I've been more focused on trying to get good at what we think is right than what other people are doing and whether it's right or not. Right. Um, seriously like that. Yeah. No, but people are they're as, I'm asking you what the listeners are saying. They're on the treadmill right now. And they're like, what is this guy talking about for free, for fun, for fun, for free, no strings attached. And you still can end up by well, delivering tremendous value with a offer to your clients that you know is truly a problem for them. It's solving what I think are pretty painful things. Mm-hmm. But the only way you get the opportunity to see what's painful is for them to trust you and bring you in and show what's really going on. Because the thing that they talk to you about the first time usually isn't the thing. No. And I think that's the point, right? It's trust and, building. And relationship. Yeah. And and let me, uh, we didn't rehearse this, man. We'll see where I, I, I'm more than willing to test this stuff. Right. right? Um, so you come up with, uh, it'd be great if other people know, I mean, they don't have to be like a full on, you know, 10 most uh, com, uh, t- 10 best uh, well-known people or whatever, but, but you think of an individual who has been successful in an ethical way and sort of visualize that person and then tell me who that person is. And you need to know a little bit of their story. If I don't know their story, if not, then we need to come up with somebody that we can sort of speak to what they did. Yeah. Well, let's use, let's use chef Spencer. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That's I, uh, this. <laughs> so layup, man. But that's okay. Yeah, I, I was gonna like go LeBron or something, right? But Jeff is awesome, right? Okay. So, um, you tell me what part of your understanding of his story, if I misrepresent it, right? So, uh, Doctor Jeff, at a young age, uh, through his own words, through the good graces of the universe, met. Um, a world-class athlete that took him under his wing. Dr. Jeff was just dumb enough to follow directions and do all that other stuff, right? Reached the pinnacle himself, right? Codified it and then put it into play, right? Um, I know from talking to him that the stuff, some of the stuff that you and I looked at, um, that he shared with us in that at the time that we uh, the, all of us spent together, um, he would he was getting hired to do uh, different engagements, and I'll leave the brands and stuff out of it. But he was getting hired to do different engagements that they were asking him to do, sort of team stuff, right? And so he told me the story like four months ago. Uh, so uh, I'll try to be succinct here. So the the uh, he'd be hired by a corporation to come in and do the work that he had been hired to do. And he had a program for it and they were happy. And so uh, say the program was uh, um, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So uh, they would be at some hotel. And so he said, I would send out a notice to everyone saying, hey, uh, for those of you that can make it, I'll be here at five o'clock at this, you know, at the hotel bar at the whatever. And these, this is the concept I'm going to be talking about. And he gave that shit away for free, like 3000 times. Right. He's like, the first time I did it, I was like Wednesday at, you know, at five. And then I was like, well, if you want to show up 
we're going to start at eight, but if you want to show up at seven, I'll be talking about this concept for an hour. <laughs> and then, and then he's like, I would just put additional time where he literally gave the shit away for free. But what he was doing was he was completely just sharpening the blade on delivery. And was it accurate and testing and testing and testing. He gave it away for free. And he told me he thinks he did it about 2000 times before he, because I asked him one time with some of the stuff. I said, like, dude, this is, <laughs> you know, like one of his shapes is an egg because the egg is the most structural. I mean, it's just like, there isn't a chink in his, I mean, his armor is, yeah, because it's been tested prototype 2000 times, man, for free. Right. Yeah. Big surprise. <laughs> Big surprise. A guy focuses, a person focuses on pouring value in. And then waits for people to say, yeah, this is, I'd pay for this. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we know this. Over right? we know this. and over. And it's just, over. Uh, but then we get a gang of people together. We call it a corporation and we just lose our minds and start doing stupid shit. Like it's just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Just because it's always been done that way, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I have not found anybody who I have some decent line of sight on what they did who's successful at any level you know that hasn't paid that way that hasn't contributed first and then started to quote unquote take later like i, I just i've never seen it never seen it wow so this All is right. I, I, it's, it's it's a pull system man it's a pull system and so when you play with the system, it's not surprising to me. The system just rewards you. Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Dan. I, <laughs> we, we ran up on time so fast. This is crazy. I got one final question for you, brother. Mm -hmm. What's the one thing you want the listeners to take away from this episode? So um, my personal mission, which we haven't, uh, is to redeem work. And uh, I think the word has gotten a bad rap. I think the place needs some help. And then there is the effort itself. The physics of it need to be respected. But I'm of the opinion that work allows us uh, the paid, it's paid practice if we do that. And I think, um, uh, you know, if, if everyone is fortunate as I was to have that mentor that said, hey, man, if you look at going to work as a place to practice your effectiveness, not efficiency, your effectiveness in, in, at your job. So you can be a better human in all the rest of the place. I think, yeah, it'd be, yeah, it, it would, it would beat working is what I say. It beats working. So yeah. Yeah. That would be my one takeaway. The rest of it, the rest of it is whatever. If it can be, if I can be helpful, I'd love to help you. But if you think I'm crazy, it's a long list of people <laughs> that think I'm a little out there, but it's okay. So one more time, the folks who want to get help from you, LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn, Dan T. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely reserve the right to learn more than they do, for sure. Uh, but, but also happy to introduce them to um, one of the restraints I try to live by is copy off the smartest kids in class. And I'm fortunate that we know some of them. So happy to put them in touch with other people, make the connections or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's the system rewards that. Right? So just want to pay my part. Yeah. I love it, man. Dad, I just love your heart, man. Thank you so much for making some time for us today. Yeah, it was great. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, man. To the listeners, your dreams should be real. We'll talk soon.
Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.